Hello, everyone, and welcome to the American Ninja Warrior Rehap Up Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Armstrong, and with me today is Lita. How you doing, Lita? I'm good. I just got back late last night from Nashville, Tennessee, so I am now an expert on the South and can give you all of the hot tips on Dallas, Texas, where we were in American Ninja Warrior this week. What are the hot tips? Um, it's very hot there. In the summer, okay. in the South. I never uh, knew that. Yeah. And some people have accents and they really oh. like country music. And they have a lower age limit. Mm-hmm. And in the South, they give out more prize money. Yeah. <laughs> they have mega things. Mega things. Okay. Did you also hear that in addition to doing this mega wall $10,000 thing, they're going to give prize money to whoever goes the furthest on the season? Just in general? Yeah, so there's like, so like Joe Morawski would have won last season, quote unquote. Well, how much money are they going to give him? I don't know. It's like maybe $100,000. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Or maybe it's like $12 and I'm making this up. <laughs> but it's probably not $12. It's like, I thought it was weird because like, I feel like having someone be like the the sort of winner of the season is like antithetical to American Ninja Warrior because it's like, no, you don't like compete against each other. You compete against Mount Wajoriyama. Mm. So I don't know about this, but it's not like they get the million dollars if they do that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always been like even even Sasuke is like the furthest person to make it is always like the most lauded athlete usually um but uh you know to have a to have a prize will definitely i mean i i think there would be less uh you know a, a little bit less encouragement uh to your fellow athletes if it's you and two other dudes in uh in stage three and and uh you know that all you need to do is make it a little bit further than them you might be giving them a little less advice uh if if there is a hundred thousand dollars on the line but uh, what are you gonna do yeah the professional thing for me to do would have been to verify this uh before i talked about it on the podcast i now can't find the link um but to see how much money it is but i did see that uh mw nation i believe tweeted it um, because there's like all these new rules, uh, this season. And I guess they're not going to like announce that one on the show until later. I see. I well, I mean, I'm happy. I'm happy for the athletes that they're going to get more money. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess there's not like a whole lot, uh, like there's not much you can do to get around this. If, uh, you know, you're either going to give them money or not. You could pay them all, I guess. Pay every single person who what makes it to Vegas. Yeah, and anyone that like makes it, like uh, you make it to stage one, you get you know like five thousand dollars. You make it to stage two, you get like twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> no, I hate that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think that's. I mean, that's too much money, and also then it's just like I don't know. Then it's these people's jobs. And I feel like it's already some people's jobs. Well, I that's what I'm saying. It's, it's some of these athletes, they they do this full time and they don't get paid for it. And I feel like uh, they're the ones that bring the value to the show. I guess that I feel like part of the value of the show also is just like, here's just this average concrete barber. And 
you know, I feel like you'll weed out a lot of the just like regular people if you do that. Well, we ne- we never want to lose the concrete barbers. No, we would never want to. They are the heart and soul of both America and this show. But the, but I guess what I'm saying is that if you are a concrete barber and you want to train for American Ninja Warrior, the idea that, oh, I might get some money at the end of it might make it worth it might mean I can actually take the time to train. I mean... But it's not that they're not taking the time to train. I don't know. Well, they are. They're just they're sacrificing a lot of their free time while also concrete barbing. <laughs> no, I, I don't agree in these steep. Appear- I don't agree with these steep appearance fees. All right. Well, that's why you prevent athletes from coming on the show. I want no compensation for anyone's efforts at all. I want them to be rewarded exclusively in pride and passion. Well, what a way to start. Season 10 of American <laughs> Ninja Warrior. We are back. If you haven't been listening to the Ninja vs. Ninja coverage, uh, we are back for the regular season. Uh, all, all, all business this time. All money and uh, seriousness. Yeah, we are wearing three-piece suits right now. We've got monocles on. This is a business formal podcast. Yes, yes. Um, Very excited. Um, We did not win any trips to Vegas this year, but... uh, Oh my God, they're having another sweepstakes, and I legitimately thought about entering. Why? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? I didn't know there was one. (laughs) You shouldn't be following. I I figured the fact that you won last time meant that you were the only one that even entered. And then that meant that like they must not have done it again. That's extremely rude. I definitely was not the only one who entered because they called me and they were like, it's between you and two other people. Because if you recall, no one actually won the sweepstakes and they had to choose choose randomly because no one guessed the uh, college madness bracket correctly. And they were like, we have to like verify all of your like citizenship or whatever. Not not citizenship, like uh, that you have a passport or whatever that you're allowed to travel. You're not a criminal. So, so there were definitely were, other people. So involved. you were one of three people that entered, is what you're saying? No, I was just one of three finalists. Okay, uh, that's so rude that you would think that I am not just a naturally lucky person. No, I I think it was that you were lucky that you were the only one of three people. To I can't believe that even that you're trying to devalue even my purely luck based achievements. <laughs> is this because I didn't give you credit for for coaching me into this victory? It's it's because you didn't uh, enter again. Because clearly you would have won again. It might still be open. I can't remember what what it is. I just remember like scrolling past and being like, "Oh, they're doing another one of these things." I probably should not do this twice in a row. Was there was there any contractual language saying that you cannot get do this again? No, uh, it just felt like I should give someone else a turn. This one is different, though, because you also get to run the course. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I'm going to be gone all summer. I don't think I I care. Win it for me. Why didn't you enter? (laughs) I don't have that same luck. I can only pick winners. I don't get the win. Well, our luck doubles if we both enter. That's math. All right. I can't believe you knew this and you, did, you didn't even you weren't even going to tell me. OK, but now we've told our, all our listeners. So our odds just went way down. Oh, my God. You're now the all the four people that listen to this podcast are going to enter and then it'll be so much harder to win. <laughs> I'll just I'll cut this part of the podcast out and then <laughs> release it after the sweepstakes ends. The epilogue. 
Uh, all right. Well, we are back for season 10. Uh, no, no Vegas trips in, in our future for the moment. We could also just, you, you know, you're allowed to just go to Vegas, right? For this. Yeah, people want me to go all over the place. And I look, I can't always travel everywhere. <laughs> Only if it's free. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay. Well, you can start a GoFundMe for you to go to Vegas this year. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> all the the uh look, we may only have four listeners, but um I'm sure they've got deep pockets. Yeah, they strike me as a very successful crowd. Yeah, of course. We like we said, we're about business. We've got like business people that listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> people are listening to this in meetings. Yeah, the people they're like, you know, it's every day at the office or every week at the office. They're like, uh, all right, meeting time, and then they go into the meeting and they they close the blinds and then they turn on the American Enjoy or Hop Up podcast, and they're like, ha ha ha. I don't think I've ever been in an office where someone says, okay, meeting time <laughs> to announce a meeting. That's because you haven't been in enough cool offices. Okay. Sorry. I didn't realize you were such a business professional. Well, well I am. Uh, we've got some new rules this, this year. Uh, as we mentioned, there's some, some new money stuff, but uh, there's a lower age limit. Um, is, is 19 the age limit or is, is it now 18? Uh, they said that 19 was the lower age. Well, they said, like, we have a new lower age limit, and that means we've got 19-year-olds. But I don't know if that was just, like, that's what they happen to have. Um, so they just said that, or if it's actually 19. I think that the rule is probably that it's actually 19-year-olds. Um, I don't know why it would be 19 so they can drink in Canada in case they have their finals in Canada instead of Las Vegas one of these years. Um, 19 seems like a weird age. It's a very weird age. Uh, it's it's not 18. It's not 21. It's not even 20. That's a great observation about the number 19. Yeah. I can tell that you went to college. It's like the least, uh, you know, used age of all of those ages. I think that 19 is bigger than 20. I, but 20 is like... That's like you're in your 20s. It's 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 such a mile. It's it's 20. It's it's an even number. It's, you know, two decades. It's um, hopefully like a fourth to a fifth of your life. Uh, like uh, it's, it's a big number. But 19 is a prime number and it's exactly. prime time, big time, all time on American Ninja Warrior. So you don't want prime numbers. You want you want to be able to be like, you know what? I am half of the age limit of American Ninja Warrior. Okay. I just think that 19 at least has some kind of legal thing going for it, whereas nothing happens when you're 20. What happens when you're 19? You can drink in Canada. That's Canada. That does, this is American <laughs> Ninja Warrior. Canada Canadians can't compete. Uh, yeah, but it's very close to here and is something that is relevant for many Americans. I went to college in Michigan and a lot of people would drive across the Canadian border because it's like right there for their 19th birthdays and have their 19th birthdays in Canada. 
Yeah, and and I heard that uh, in the Netherlands you can be uh, you know ten when you drink. So why don't we just let ten year olds compete? Because that's not relevant to United States culture. Canada is very relevant to U.S. culture. Probably not in Dallas, but it's exactly, it's relevant <laughs> to maybe the 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 people that live near Canada. And even then, it's not that relevant, especially given the fact that Canadians are not allowed to compete. Otherwise, we would have the great. Uh, guy that does really well in the USA versus the World Special. Sean McCall. Yes. What a super fan. All business here. Um, All business. Well, there are Minnesota qualifiers this year. That's New Canada. That basically is Canada. But it's not. Okay, but it basically is. Mm. (laughs) I just think that 19 makes more sense than 20. 20, you might as well not even change the age limit. It's only one year. Yeah, but at least the number makes sense. Okay. 19 is just two years. This is just very clearly like we have the kid. We don't want him to like graduate college and get a career and not be able to do American Ninja Warrior by the time he's 21 or whatever. Scoop Um, him up while they're vulnerable. Yeah, they're just like, we have him. He's a star on team. Also, if we're letting children do team, why not regular? Yeah, it's a little grab them and then don't pay them, but get them hooked on being a television personality. Yeah. I always thought that 21 was because they go to Vegas for the finale and they don't want, it's very easy to acquire alcohol in Vegas. I feel like it was, uh, I thought it was like a legal thing. Like they don't want kids getting underages in Vegas. It's probably just a liability thing. Yeah, that's, yeah. But so like for injuries, weird. since the injuries happen. Yeah, the injuries do happen. They do. Well, uh, that is just one of the new rules. There's also a new mega wall at the end of the qualifying course. There's two warped walls side by side. The first one is the regular 14 and a half foot one. And then the mega wall, I believe, is what, 18 feet? Uh, Yeah, something ridiculous like that. And if you make it up the mega wall, then you get $10,000. Uh, there's all about, and there's a big graphic that comes up that uh, looks like it's straight out of the prices, right? It's $10,000. Or like out of deal or no deal. Yeah, yeah. We, one of those things. I feel um, like deal or no deal is really a classier prices, right? Well, there you go. <laughs> Isn't that the one with the briefcases? Yeah, with uh, the Howie Duchess Mandel. of Sussex, Meghan Markle was a briefcase girl on Deal or No Deal. Wow, I don't know what any of that is. Um, you know who Meghan Markle is? Do I? She, she just married Prince Harry. Have you heard of the royal wedding? Oh, no, she's from Suits. Yeah, but she was also from Deal or No Deal. Yeah, but if you ask someone where she's from, they'd say she's from Suits. Yeah, I think now they would say... She's from England from being People Magazine to the Prince. Yeah. Yeah. But if you were asking them like, oh, where is the person that was married to the Prince from Suits? I'm not saying she's more famous for Deal or No Deal. I'm just saying she objectively was on Deal or No Deal. Interesting. She seems to have uh, a lot of interest in business, which means she's a good fit for this podcast because she was on the show Suits. She was on a show with briefcases, briefcases, holding a briefcase. She's just trying to put the whole ensemble together. I think we really cracked this one. Yeah. Um, so they, this is mega wall. I will say I, I, I like the idea of like, again, giving the athletes more money, giving them an additional challenge. Uh, but at the same time, it does kind of 
make the regular warped wall look pathetic. Yeah, it does. Which is crazy because like, okay, sorry. How tall is the regular warped wall? I believe it's 14 and a half. Yeah, that is so large. That is larger than twice the size of a very tall person. And so that's already so much. And I feel like the 18 foot wall is just showing off and it's just trying to get people like Daniel Gill to create TV moments and normal mortals don't have a shot at it. I don't know how I feel about this, this large warped wall. Yes. I believe the first person to attempt the mega warped wall is in fact, uh, the kid. Um, and when he, uh, spoilers for the kids run, uh, but when he fails to get up the mega warped wall, uh, I believe Matt even says, oh, now he has to go up the small wall. Um, it's not small! And it's like, it makes, the, like, the warped wall is supposed to be this, like, this big, you know, dastardly obstacle. Uh, and, and to be fair, it hasn't really been that for a long time. Uh, most people are able to get over it. But uh, this really just completely, like, uh, it kills any uh, illusion that this warped wall is is a difficult obstacle. Yeah, and I think the reason I'm annoyed is that, like, people still fail on the warped wall in, like, team and stuff. And I know that team is different because you're going for speed and you don't really have time to collect yourself before it. But I feel like this makes it, like, so embarrassing for people who can't do the regular wall. Exactly. Like, oh, like... Uh, what a pathetic idiot. <laughs> I can't attempt the mega wall. I'm going to go for the easy... Oh, I still can't. <laughs> Do the easy yeah. one. Also, it has taken me literally this long to find the article, but I can confirm American Enjoyer will give $100,000 to the last ninja standing. This is from NW Nation, May 25th. Man, uh, I feel like um, Drew and, and Joe are owed, owed some back pay. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like when something becomes not illegal after like a bunch of people have been in prison for it, but then they don't get released. Yeah, exactly like that. It's literally exactly like that. Yeah. There's no differences. Uh, well, here we are in Dallas. Uh, there's like a dude with a bull or something like on the course that they showed like every time we came back from commercial. <laughs> dude with the bull. It's like uh, maybe he's from Wall Street. Isn't there a bull on Wall Street? I don't know. <laughs> I saw a mechanical bull. When I was in Nashville, uh, I did not write it because I was like, that would be like a fun experience to put on Instagram. But then I was like, that would also be like a great way to get concussed. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a fan of concussions or riding bulls. So, yeah, it's also simulated animal abuse. And <laughs> I don't agree with that. Surely simulated animal abuse is better than actual animal abuse. I, it's better, but it's uh, still worse than no animal abuse what would you say to uh to a ride that had a seat and tried to buck you off but was not a bull a mechanical bull it was it's just, just a, like a mechanical bucking ride it's like a mechanical plant it's like a mechanical tree on its side uh no it's like uh it's it's like a it's like a robot that tries oh. to get you off of its back. Okay, well, I feel like you would not agree with that. Not an intelligent robot, like just a <laughs> mechanical... Just a mechanical device. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's better. Again, I don't think I would ride it. I think that uh, my general policy, if I have like a flight or something the next day, is like, 
is it really going to like mess up my life if I go to the hospital tonight? And I didn't really want to take that risk. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, so I don't know what this guy was doing there. They never explained it. It just showed him walking up and down the course a few times. Uh, yeah, but the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are also there. And I know what they're about. Okay. They're I, didn't, used- I didn't notice them. <laughs> You didn't notice them. They walked up to the start line with the flag runner guy. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So there used to be a show, uh, a reality show on the CMT network, known for their reality TV programming, the country music television channel. Um, that was like the search for the next Dallas Cowboy cheerleader because uh, the DCCs are the most prestigious cheerleading squad in the country. Um and it was great and I loved it. And so since childhood, I have been obsessed with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Congrats. Thank you. I just was excited to see them there. All right. Uh, <laughs> our course here on this episode starts with the floating steps, as always. These little pinball paddles that you go back and forth across and then you jump onto the rope and then you, you swing back and forth a bunch of times. If it's just, uh, you know, it, it's a victory just to beat the first obstacle. Uh, then, a, then a new obstacle called the catch and release, which, uh, I thought was a pretty good one. Um, you jump onto a horizontal pole that, uh, it, it's like on what, like just chains or something, uh, some kind of, hanging apparatus yeah they're uh, hanging from the top yes and then you have to swing it across and then lock it into place with a little locking device if you swing it far enough um and then you jump to a second swinging pole and then you jump off of that onto a cargo net and dismount from there then you have the bouncing spider just back you uh you go into the uh the the you know, walking the, the the spider apparatus, which is basically uh, two walls that you have to, uh, you know, put your hands and feet against and traverse. Um, and then, I never want to hear the phrase spider apparatus again. That sounds terrifying. Well, you see it every time on Ninja Warrior. <laughs> uh, then you drop off onto a trampoline and a, a, not a mini tramp, a, a regular regular sized tramp um (laughs) (laughs) you have to bounce onto uh there are three uh, big cylinders that you have to grab uh you have to grab at least one of them um and then dismount from there and by grab you mean like you have to touch it apparently well, a lot of people grab them. I know, but you don't have to grab it. You can just make oh, yes. contact with it because that's important. Yeah, you can just like fly through them as long as you touch one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then an- another new obstacle, which gave a lot of veterans trouble, the tuning forks, which were three fork shaped uh, things that you had to 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 jump uh, and, and run on um, and they spun. So uh, the the trick to this one was not to uh step on them uh like horizontally you had to like keep them uh only only launch off of the ends of them not the sides of them otherwise they would spin and you would you'd fall um and then you just you turn across those then uh we got crank it up once again we remember this from last season uh where you take these handles and you just crank them up Designed by our friend Kevin Brecky. Yes, you, you crank them up. You go to the next one. There's three of them total, and then you uh, you make that dismount. 
And then finally, the warped wall and mega wall. And here's the thing about the mega wall. Normally you get three shots at the regular warped wall. However, if you make an attempt at the mega wall and fail, then you only get one more attempt at the warped wall proper. And if you fail that, then you you fail at that obstacle. You, you you're done. Um, so uh, very very interesting there. If if you feel like you won't be able to make the mega wall, it does not. It's, it's not always the best option to try to make it. Yeah, I like this. I was initially out on the mega wall because I think that a common mistake that reality shows make is thinking that introducing more money automatically makes better TV. Uh, because for us watching at home, like, I guess, yeah, I care about these ninjas, but like whether or not they get $10,000 are like not important stakes to me as a viewer. Um, so when they initially introduced this, I was like, well, this is stupid. We're just going to see more people fail. And then even when they succeed, it's really not that exciting, uh, that they get $10,000. Uh, but I like that you still get a chance to attempt the other wall, but there's a penalty. It's not just like if you fail, that's it. Yeah. And I, I think the basic point of this is that they like to have at least one run every episode. That's like clearly the best run. And usually that's like, this is the person that finished the finals course. Or, you know, this is the person that like dominated stage one and got the fastest time. Uh uh, but they don't really have that in qualifying except for like the fastest time. Um, but, uh, the fastest time isn't always the most, like, it doesn't really matter when, when you know that you've already qualified once you make it past crank, crank it up, like getting the fastest time is not really that big of a deal. And they try to make it a big deal, but it doesn't always work. So I think that's why they introduced the mega wall. So now it's like clear delineation. Like, uh, here is the best run because they made it up the mega wall and they are the true champions with $10,000. Yeah, and this episode had a lot of not even showing us the fastest time. Yeah. <laughs> or any finishers. Uh, very, very true. Um, so first up, our very first run of the season was Father Stephen Gadbury, a Catholic priest who was in the army, um, previously in the army, and then became a Catholic priest. And uh, he was encouraged to try Ninja Warrior by uh, our, our own Sean Bryan. Yeah, I was going to say, this guy's really stepping on the papal ninja's toes. But not if they uh, are in cahoots. He's he's trying to convert. Uh, he's trying to get as many uh, Catholic people on to Ninja Warrior as possible. Do you notice that Christine's dress kind of looked like the sweater dress version of the Catholic colors that Sean Bryan wears? It's like yellow and black and white. I did not notice that. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Maybe it doesn't surprise me it. either. <laughs> I think I remember Christine on the episode once, and I did not pay attention to her dress. When she was talking to Barclay. Um, uh, no, it was when she was talking about the obstacles, because that's the part of the thing. That's <laughs> the only time she matters. Um, so uh, he gets all his ninja powers from Jesus. Same. Yes. Um, and this is the first time they've ever had a priest on the course. Yeah, I buy that. To clarify, I get all my ninja powers from Jesus because uh, I am not Christian and I have no ninja powers. There you go. So perhaps how much you know about Jesus is correlated to ninja powers, because that would make sense in my case. It, it would. <laughs> um, he barely makes it onto the rope at the end of Catch and Release. Uh, and um, Matt says, it's like he's walking on water there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of water jokes. Mm. Uh, he, he has a very low grab on the bouncing spider uh, after the jumping on that trampoline and can't hold on. So he goes down and that's it for Father Stephen Gadbury. And Matt says, oh, my goodness, he got baptized by the water. <sighs> <sighs> Off to a roaring start. So good to have Akbar back. Uh, I will say, you know. Going to these regular episodes, I felt a bit spoiled by Ninja vs. Ninja having a tight hour. Um, the packages aren't as long. It just it's uh, it's a more enjoyable show to watch Ninja vs. Ninja. But the one thing that you do miss is uh, is the, the great comments by Akbar. There's not enough time for uh, for Akbar comments. Yeah, Matt and Akbar really get to make a meal out of every single person on American Joyer proper. Yes. Um, so then we go straight into to a montage uh, right away. Um, and we're going to look at uh, Corey uh, Huckel, I believe. Maybe. Uh, uh, or sorry, Cody. Cody Huckel. I was um, going to correct you, and then I decided that I'm never going to correct you on a name pronunciation again because <laughs> I'm wrong more often than not. Uh, the, the last name could be completely wrong, but it is, I believe it is Cody, Cody Hugo, uh, 32, um, uh, a 32-year-old mother of three who came up short at the cargo net. Um, then Jeff Harris, who was a 70s flashback, who calls himself the Waste Warrior. Great mustache. He got dumped by the Bouncing Spider. And then Karsten Williams. Uh, the fourth run of the season in a montage runs into trouble at the tuning forks. He almost saves it by grabbing on, but then when he goes to jump off onto the, uh, uh, the, the landing platform, he jumped from the side of the fork instead of the end of the fork. And so it spun and he got no, uh, no traction and he just fell right into the water. Yeah. That's sad. He's a team captain of Ninja versus Ninja. He's out there, but. He does qualify. Oh, he, I didn't he, even notice that. He has qualified for the city finals. So uh, at the end, they always highlight like weird people. Yeah. That, like I want to see if people like Carson qualified, but then they're like, you know, this random woman made it in the fifth slot. I'm like, I don't know who that is. He was actually the fastest athlete to make it to the tuning forks. So uh, he qualified, I believe, in uh, like twenty sixth, twenty seventh place um just barely but uh he's in there um so then we got uh dr favia dubik a 30 year old pathologist who was diagnosed with advanced stage lymphoma and only uh was told she only had a few weeks to live yeah she's been on like all of the promotional materials for this season um they're like really pushing her as like a star of the episode. And uh, I definitely thought that that was because she would be good, but I forgot that uh, Ninja tends to value the story more than the actual runs, especially in these early qualifying. Yeah. They even, they even, uh, you know, sprung for like, uh, they clearly paid for some kind of uh, music, uh, some kind of song to play under her uh, package. Like, uh, I think this is the first time I can remember having like an actual song under a package. Yeah. Are you a big Shawn Mendes guy? No, I just recognized that it was an actual song. Well, the fact that you even recognize that it was a song, uh, I think some credit to Shawn Mendes. I, I called it weird, inspiring music. Yeah, that is his genre. <laughs> I like him. I don't really like his music very much. 
so this was this is our uh, all you know second athlete we've seen uh, with a full run of um, the fifth athlete total, and we've uh, we're already getting uh, getting through one obstacle would be a huge achievement for Doctor Fabia. Yeah, which is I mean she has like insane abs. So it's not like I was not expecting her to do well until they hit her with the one obstacle would be a victory. Yeah, I actually. Yeah, I think I had higher expectations of her than uh, than the announcers. Yeah, 100 percent gave her. Um, So uh, she she's screaming when she's on the obstacles, uh, which, you know, I appreciated when she's on the obstacles. Um, didn't appreciate it as much when she's walking back, um, after she finishes, but, uh, we'll get to that. Um, she ends up falling on the, uh, the transition to the net on catch and release. Uh, and that's, that's when she's, she's walking back. She's, she's all wet. They give her the towel and she's, she's kind of screams. She has a demon scream. Yeah. This is like a deep visceral scream. And you know, I generally support women screaming in 2018 it's we've had a tough year uh but it was a little spooky it just was a little out of, out of nowhere terrence stop telling women not to scream <laughs> uh, look nobody should be screaming i am anti i if you're taught if you're scream talking that's fine but not just like regular. If you're just screaming for the sake of screaming and it's there's no words. What if you're a ghost and you're like trapped? I am anti-ghost. I discriminate against ghosts. Do you, are you actually anti-ghost? <laughs> I, I don't believe they exist. So like as a fictional concept, I feel like uh, it's fair game. Phobic. That's so boring. Ghosts don't exist. Oh, my God. What do you mean it's boring? I, you asked me the question. It's not like I'm like, oh, here's here's a hot take, everyone. <laughs> Ghosts don't exist, and you're dumb if you think they do. Well, like, no, I'm just believe, like... Uh, I can't believe this comes out now. I also can't believe how wrong Taryn is. I, 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 I know that you knew this of me. I, I know that we've talked about this before. <laughs> we talked about believing in ghosts, but you, I feel like you gave me a more nuanced answer than ghosts don't exist. I mean, it, I, of course, it's 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 theoretically possible that uh, beyond <laughs> the scope of any scientific method that we could use to determine if ghosts are real or not, then they could possibly exist. But uh, we, I have no reason to believe that ghosts exist. <laughs> okay. Well, I have no reason to believe they don't. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is not something I believe strongly in, though. I'm not. I'm not anti-ghosts as a concept. I just. Uh, I, I figured it would be funny to be anti-ghosts <laughs> as a, as a discriminatory practice. Um, but are you anti-ghosting? Uh, no. Wow, that's worse. You should be. Ghosting is bad. <laughs> why? Why? What, what, you have a, what, your requirement to to always talk to people? No, but that's not the same thing as ghosting. Okay, well, I, I, what is ghosting? 
Ghosting, I, it's generally, I, it can happen in friendships, but it's generally a relationship term for when you're like seeing someone and instead of them breaking it off, they just stop replying to okay. your text. If, if you're in a relationship with somebody, then... Or like, you're, you're like dating or whatever, which like sometimes it's appropriate. If you've been on like two Tinder dates, like it's just, it's better to ghost. Like I think it's better for both of you. But if you've been seeing each other for like, if the other person has an expectation that they're going to see you again... And then you just don't respond. Just like tell them it's fine. Well, that's 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 like that's why I said I wasn't anti because it it is appropriate in some circumstances. That's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm not saying in all circumstances. Okay, I just think that pro ghosting is uh, is a dangerous position to take. (laughs) Only you're going to be labeled as pro ghosting, and you're going to be one of those. I really don't want to. No, there are kids. Parents listen to this podcast with their kids. <laughs> Can we sleep on this podcast? <laughs> uh, you're going to be one of those players that uh, that ghosts everybody. No, see, you would only think that if you uh, if you have no sense of nuance, uh, just because uh, I, I think that it's appropriate in some circumstances does not mean that I uh, think it's appropriate in all circumstances. And, uh, and and you believe the same thing and we all believe the same thing. And uh, and anyone that's like, oh, oh you hear, I hear the word ghosting and I just I just see red and I hate anyone who's who could even think about doing that. Then you know what? You need to listen to. To a podcast that is less nuanced than this one. Okay, I think we all learned something today from yeah. uh, whatever run we just talked about. Oh, from from this woman who survived lymphoma, <laughs> but sparked this equally important conversation. Very important. Um, next up was Andrew Naquin. Naquin, twenty six year old biomedical tech person um he he calls himself the cajun the cajun zeus i almost said jesus um (laughs) jesus on the mind uh he uh he likes to use his bayou death grip to grab frogs hey guess how i feel about this guy i have a feeling you're a big fan I love him. Whenever I hear someone whose idea of fun is to apply a death grip to an innocent animal in nature, I'm like, that guy should be my boyfriend. But how adorable are his pet frogs, Dumbledore and Frodo? I think it's super weird that he has pet frogs, but goes out into nature and kills frogs recreationally. Well, they they were probably frogs that he spared. I think that's weird. It would be like if you like went out and killed cats in like alleys that you found in Massachusetts and then went home to your kitten and was like, hey, love ya. No, it would be like if I went out and killed cats and then decided, you know what? I'm going to spare you. And then I took one home like like Thanos does that. Um, uh, you know, this uh, people, the, the, the uh, even in Blade Runner, they, they use androids to hunt other androids. What does that have to do with this? He's not a frog hunting other frogs. They could, could be, it could be like, let me use you as oh, a. You think Dumbledore and Frodo are hunting other frogs? Jesus Christ, how could you make this more upsetting? I hate this. Also, Dumbledore and Frodo look not happy to be held by their bellies out of the water. They looked extremely unhappy. 
Yeah, of course they did. They know that their father is a monster. <laughs> and they're well, for some reason in Dallas, Texas without water. Someday he'll be searching for the frog finity stones and, uh, you know, we'll have to stop him. Um, I don't care about Avengers. <laughs> well, that's because you're lame and you don't like good things. I like Black Panther. Well, then you care about the Avengers. Is Spider-Man in it? Yes. I think I've already asked you that. He is? Yeah. Is he in it a lot? Decent amount, yeah. Okay, I love Spider-Man. He's one of the better characters, too. Um, all right, so uh, he he swung... Uh, uh, so one of the things that um, that they talked about with uh, Dr. Favia was that on catch and release, she was trying to swing uh, forwards, forwards and backwards to gain momentum to uh, transition from the uh, the final pull to the net. But what uh, what Andrew does here is he swings side to side um, to gain momentum, which is much more effective as they talk about. And he is able to dis mount on that catch and release net um however when he goes on to the bouncing spider he flops straight into the wall um from the trampoline and uh you know just a little bit of irony there from the he can't do the the hop properly <laughs> the jumping thing yeah. yeah and he smacks his face on the wall and uh i'm a little bit satisfied it's like you kind of imagine that's what a frog would do just like psh, splat Please stop invoking images of frog violence. <laughs> it's not frog violence, it's frog jumping. It's like their normal MO. Smacking into a wall. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, frogs aren't known for jumping very high, is what I'm saying. Um, I think that they, well, they can, they can jump pretty far. Exactly. Okay. They, they, go, right. they go the distance. What animal is known for jumping really high? I don't know. Uh, rabbit? I don't think rabbits are known for jumping really high. Cats either. can jump very high. Cats? Yeah. Oh, squirrels can too. Mm. You should see the, the, uh, it's weird how many times I talked about the slow mo guys on this podcast, but, uh, <laughs> there's a great slow mo guys video, one of the early ones where, uh, Gavin films his cat jumping, um, in slow motion and it's just, it's fascinating. Okay. I believe you. Yeah. Next up, we have another montage, uh, starting with Bernie Mays, uh, who is a beauty pageant photographer, and he's got, like, beauty pageant girls that are there to, I don't know, send him off? I don't know. He has Miss Teen, Miss New Mexico Teen USA. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's who he has. I just, I just didn't understand. Are they in a relationship? Like, uh, what's going on? No, they're probably friends because he's a photographer. Right. Uh, well, it was lights out for the photographer at Catch and Release. I wonder if he went through every state Miss Teen and then finally Miss New Mexico agreed. I, I guess, you know, you gotta have a gimmick. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like that wouldn't be my first choice. And maybe he started with Miss Delaware because Delaware is the first state and then went to Pennsylvania and then eventually got to 48. And Miss New Mexico finally said yes. Maybe he started with Dallas. Dallas is not a state. Maybe he started with Texas. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know they were states. Why don't they do city ones? They do to get to the state pageant. 
So why didn't he do Dallas? That would have been perfect. Well, because it's less impressive to be Miss Teen Dallas than it is to be Miss Teen Texas. Yeah, but it, at least it fits the title of the episode. Although there are probably more people in Dallas than there are in all of New Mexico. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, next up was Tawny Leonardo, the gymnast PE teacher who couldn't stick the mount at the bouncing spider. And we got our first sha na of the Hooray. season. Maybe there'll be one every episode. We'll look out for that. Shanana count is now at one. <laughs> Taryn has like a giant scoreboard behind him. Yes. Just slipped. Uh, and then finally, Kevin Klein for the second straight montage in a row. We get a big name here at the end of the montage who also goes out on the tuning forks. They tossed him right off the course. Um, and I noticed that. This is the second time we've ever seen the tuning forks. Both times we're in a montage. Like, we haven't seen the tuning forks proper. They are a new obstacle. We haven't seen anybody take them on not in a montage yet. Uh, and that's it's very strange to me that we saw them twice before uh, in a montage before actually seeing them at all in, in a regular run. Yeah, they're pretty straightforward. Yes. Well, unlike Karsten Williams, Kevin Klein, unfortunately, does not qualify for the city finals here. He does not make it to the tuning forks in time. So uh, this is it. That's it for Kevin Klein. R.I.P. Next up is Karen Wilton, the 39 year old physician assistant. Uh, she's a mother of two. Uh, sorry, she's a 39 year old mother of two, <laughs> um, which they're going to say at least 12 times during her run. Yeah, can you believe she's 39? And a mother of two. Oh my God, that's so crazy. Yeah. But she's not just a mother of two, Matt. She's also a physician assistant. Yeah, PAs are great. I support her because I feel like PAs are uh, an under-respected profession. And also she was on a college dance team, so I appreciate her. There you go. Uh, um, so uh, she is going to make it through the Bouncing Spider and make it past the tuning forks, the first person we've seen to do that. Uh, and uh, she makes it on to crank it up. And Akbar is just, he's out of it. Shut the front door! She done lost her mind out there, he says. Yeah, and where there's a Wilton, there's a way. Yeah. Um, so she is going to end up uh, falling there on Crank It Up, not able to get through it. The only woman to get through Crank It Up is uh, Maggie Thorne from last year. Um, but she will be uh, the top placing woman of the episode and will, in fact, be in the top 30 um, at, I believe, number 24 or so. So uh, pretty good. Yeah, pretty impressive. It's I feel like it's so rare that we get like a new woman on the course who qualifies outright and is very impressive, especially as a 39 year old mother of two. <laughs> Yeah. Good job, uh, Karen. Yes. Then we get uh, we are notified that Casey Catanzaro is in the audience and she will be joining Matt Nakbar in the in the booth. She is somehow still the star of this episode, despite not being on the TV show anymore. Yeah. She, uh, like, why? Like, why doesn't she just run like she's there? Like. <laughs> no, she retired. She's a wrestler now. Okay. I mean, wrestlers do American Ninja Warrior. No, they don't. Uh, so next up is Matisse the Kid Awadi, and he is the 19 year old business student. Uh, we just watched him on Ninja vs. Ninja. 
I know. And I love them demonstrating in his package that he's a college student by him being in the library, like selecting a book. <laughs> That's he's, how I know that he's a student. He's been training since he was 12 or 13. He's getting a lot of testimonials in his package. Uh, Josh Salinas is his training partner. Um, and uh, Akbar, I feel like I feel like we're in tune with Akbar because Akbar said, uh, look at him. Backwards hat, long hair. He looks like a kid. Yeah, I just think that if he changed up his style a little bit, then he would look older. But I guess that's not his goal. Because the adult is a terrible nickname. (laughs) Uh, You could call himself the man. Yeah, and that's not good either. (laughs) He could be the dude, like from The Big Lebowski. Dude, (laughs) Dude does not imply any age. Yeah, the kid is fine. He should never grow up. He can be like Peter Pan. <laughs> this is uh, the next uh, John Stewart at, at 56. They're still calling him the kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when in American Ninja Warrior season 60. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Akbar really, uh, really obsessed with the, the hat. He goes, his hat is on backwards still. And he crashes at the end of the tuning forks. Um, and then when Akbar, oh, when he's on the crank it up, Akbar says, this kid is so fresh and so clean. He's, Akbar is just so excited about the kid. Yeah, Akbar loves a good personal style. He loves great personal hygiene. <laughs> he's so, so fresh and fresh. so clean. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I sure. mean, look, that uh, you got to have lower standards when, when you're talking about teenagers, but luckily the kid is fresh and clean. Oh, that's true. Especially college students. Especially college students with backwards hats and uh, long hair. Yes. Um, so he does go for that mega wall he gets his fingers on but he can't he can't hold on and uh he goes back down you only get one attempt at the smaller wall and they call it the smaller wall uh and he does make it up that smaller wall um but he's annoyed small yes he's annoyed he's annoyed because he didn't make it up the mega wall he was like oh man i really wanted to make it up there that's like a year's tuition like what, what college are you going to where that's a year's tuition uh, well, I guess he goes to a state school and he's from in state. Uh, so maybe if he has some sort of financial aid package, 10,000 is reasonable. I, I should have gone to whatever college he went to because. <laughs> <laughs> well, state schools usually are about like $25,000. So if you have like some sort of great financial aid package. Yeah. I can understand his frustration if I was, uh, Still in college, I would definitely want ten thousand dollars, and you know I'm not in college. I'd still like ten thousand dollars. So. And now, now you've got so much podcast money that ten thousand dollars would just be an annoyance to go put in the bank. Oh, just, oh, just get just, just like put just put it somewhere. Um, <laughs> I, what, what am I going to do with this graphic of ten thousand dollars? <laughs> um, next up is another montage starting with Nicholas Fordney, who slipped on the first obstacle. Um, then Lewis Moore, who was a hip hop teacher and his arms gave out on crank it up. And then Kat Ratcliffe, an army vet who buckled under on the bouncing spider. But still qualified. Yes. Then we got Quest O'Neill, the 26 year old waitress. Um, interesting package. What do you mean? I just felt like. Her narration style didn't match the emotion of what she was talking about, if that makes sense. She was yeah. very 
like even keel, like very monotone about all this stuff, which I appreciate, but it's like not the normal, like what you would expect from this kind of package, if that makes sense. Yeah, but these people also aren't actors. Well, but that's like, that's that's exactly what I like. That it reminded me that like these are these are not actors. Like yeah. I, I'm not usually reminded of that <laughs> in these packages. Um, but uh, she talked about her mom uh, abused drugs. Her dad was in and out of prison. Um, she made it to college uh, with uh, through basketball. Um, and uh, luckily, her parents uh, have have recovered from their difficulties. They were there to support her. Um, but, uh, she, she's got to use those basketball feet, Akbar says. Yeah. And she also talks about being a black gay woman on network television, which is great because a lot of kids watch the show. That confused me because I, I felt like, was she, was she talking about being an actor? Cause that like, I wasn't sure if she was like, like, what does she do for work now? Is she's a waitress. She's a waitress. Because I, I thought she was talking about being an actor. I was like, oh, is she an actor? No. Why, why was she talking about being an actor? Because <laughs> she was like, I, I've like, I have these uh, like, uh, like this difficulty. I thought she said of uh, like trying to be an actor and then being African-American. And I, no. I must have misheard her. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, she's talking about just like in general, like I've had all these struggles in addition to like my parents. I am a black woman. I am a gay woman. Like I have all of these adversities in the U.S., um, which are not unique to acting. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought she I thought I heard her say actor. I wasn't sure. <laughs> no, um, but, but, it, but just, it added it added to this uh, this whole thing of her being very mon- I was like, she's also an act. This makes this is very confusing. No, um, but I just I just think it's important because we don't have um, we I mean, we don't talk about this very often, but there, there really is not very much queer representation on the show at all. Just because socially, if you are growing up like particularly a gay man, you're generally not in a sports environment. Um, so we don't have a ton of LGBT competitors on the show. Uh, so it's very nice for her to both be here and also for her to like talk about that. Yes. Well, uh, Quest ends up doing very well here. Um, she does use her basketball feet on the tuning forks uh, and then makes it to crank it up uh, where she also goes down. Um, however, this will be far enough to qualify both as uh, the second uh, place woman of the night and also in the top 30 right under Karen Wilton. So uh, congrats to n- not an actor, Quest O'Neill. I love her. I'm so happy she's moving on. Uh, then we see uh, in earlier runs and uh, in earlier runs montage. I don't, I don't really understand the difference or why they bothered to do this. But uh, we see Jonathan uh, Bangy uh, go out on the bouncing spider. Lauren Keen gets tossed out by the trampoline. And Adam Nades uh, goes out uh, on the tuning for the tuning forks are tricky even for a rocket scientist because he's a rocket scientist. Oh, that's why they said that? Because he's a rocket scientist? Uh, Then we get another montage coming back into the episode, uh, starting with Jonathan Horton, the silver medalist who didn't have the balance at the tuning forks, and he is out for the season. He does not qualify. Yeah, uh, that's a bummer that they montaged him because they love him. They do, but uh, he failed them. 
at the tuning forks. <laughs> and his punishment is getting montage. Yes. Next was Melody McGill, who loads GPS trucks and is a part-time MMA fighter who couldn't fight her way through the catch and release. What's a GPS truck? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said that like it's a thing. I don't I've, know what it is. I, I just wrote it down. Okay. Uh, and then Adam Stir, who crashed down at Crank It Up. Then we got Abel Gonzalez. Uh, happy to see Abel with uh, actual screen time again. He's been basically he was like this this sensation rookie like years ago as a walk on. And then he came back and I think he was in like another season. And then he's just been like cut out of every season since then. I, it feels like to me, at least. Um, unfortunately, uh, a sad package um, is probably what it took to get him back on the season. Uh, but uh, the package talks about uh, his father and his relationship with his father. Uh, his father uh, attempted suicide two years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily they were able to sort of uh, grow their relationship and develop it. And now this year his father is there. And he, he's, he's watching from the sidelines. Um, so... Happy news, even though we heard also sad news from the past for Abel Gonzalez. Yeah, I think that packages like this, I get frustrated a little bit because like you said, like he has been invisible for the last couple of years while this was going on. I think I get frustrated that American Ninja Warrior won't show these kinds of stories unless they have a happy ending. Like unless you're already at the result portion of it. Like Abel could never go on and have a package that's like, my dad just got out of prison and this thing happened. Like it has to be this thing happened to my dad, but now he's here supporting me. Like it it has to be that. And I think that that's a little bit frustrating because I know that they have to be a show that's uplifting and inspiring or whatever, but I think it can be just as valuable for people to see representations of their struggle that don't necessarily have a clean resolution. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't, I don't want to like, uh, it just, immediately blame the uh, the producers like this this could be able not wanting to talk about it until now um yeah. but i do think that in general they 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 tend to uh want the nice tidy resolution um you know even, even if that resolution they make like people will kind of contrive it and be like but then i found ninja warrior and now i work out in a ninja gym exactly. and it saved my life like it's it's always the end of the story or at least most of the yeah. time it is uh when that's certainly not not the case um uh so uh abel uh fails also or falls also at the at the tuning forks holds on uh but he is able to leap leap off of them um, by leaping off the end instead of the side. Um, so he makes it uh, past those tuning forks, those deadly tuning forks. He does go for the mega wall as well, but he's not even close. Uh, but he does complete the course. Yay. We are all able. Yes. Then we get our Casey segment. And uh, oh, look who happens to be running during the case. Oh, look, it's your ex-boyfriend, Brent Stephenson. Yeah. How would you feel about uh, running on American Ninja Warrior and for some reason, your ex-girlfriend gets to commentate with Matt Nockbar. <laughs> I mean, if I'm still wearing the shirt of her dog, then um, <laughs> maybe I'm OK with it. <laughs> yeah, it was their dog. It was both of their dogs that they adopted together. Oh, OK. Well, because they, they always call it Casey's dog. Uh, I, yeah, but the way that they present it is that like it was their dog that they had together. 
Because it was while they were together that Mr. Mowgli was adopted. Okay. Okay. That, I mean, that makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I consider myself very close friends with two of my exes, but I still feel like I would not want my big moment on TV uh, to be much more about my ex. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially because she has a new boo. Yes. So that's, I don't know. I feel like that's weird. And, and a new profession. Yeah, that's true. It's always sad when your ex moves on to a new profession. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Casey comments on how, uh, Brent was nervous about those tuning forks. And of course he ends up falling on the third one. Uh, his foot lands, uh, just on the side of the third fork there. Um, and he goes down into the water, but hope is not lost. He did get there fast enough, just, just a little bit slower than Carson Williams. And he will manage to qualify, uh, in 28th place. Keep holding on, Brent. Yes. We need more Casey commenting on every single run. Brent Brent was the very first furthest uh, athlete. He's, yeah, he's owed $100,000, too. On the American course, at least. Um, Le- Levi Muenberg is owed like $300,000. So then we get Victor Gonzalez, the 28-year-old pipe fitter, and we join him mid-run. Um, he was, uh, is they, I, I, I wasn't sure I caught this correctly. He was over 200 pounds and then he started working with Tremaine Dorch. And I don't know, but Tremaine Dorch got montaged, but finished the course. Yes. And his, his trainee, Victor Gonzalez, uh, we joined him mid run. So, yeah, I, well, I did not hear that at all. But <laughs> he was over what? How how heavy did you say? He I was? think it's. I think they said he was over two hundred pounds when he started working with Tremaine Dorch. I huh. feel like I, I heard that. I did not catch that at all. I just heard that his nickname is Goofy, but they don't explain why at all. All right. So Lita has used some tuning forks of her own and will hopefully be sounding a little bit better uh, from this point on in the podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's, tuning forks are very important. I'm a tech pro. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Victor Gonzalez uh, ends up falling. Uh, crank it up. Um, and, and that's it for Victor. But Matt says the B boy just showed he can be a B man. Yeah, I didn't understand that. What do you mean? Because he's a B boy. What does that mean? It's like a break dancer. B boying is a is a style of dance. I, I don't know why why you expected me to know that. <laughs> I guess there are some things that I just assume are common knowledge, and then I have a conversation with you, and I'm like, wow, this person doesn't even know what thirst trapping is. <laughs> well, there you go. Um... <laughs> Next up was Chris Cambry, the 31-year-old fishing shop manager, calls himself the Bayou Ninja. Lots of uh, lots of Bayou and Cajun ninjas. I know. And guess what? I don't like this guy either. Oh, what a surprise. Uh, he was he's he wears shrimp boots everywhere. Were you aware that these existed? I didn't. I don't even I still don't even know why they're called shrimp boots. They're for shrimping. Okay, what's so specific about shrimping that you need a a particular kind of boot for them? I don't know. I assume it's like a very particular kind of murder that is somehow different from the way that you murder other innocent animals. Why why don't you why don't just like fishing boots or 
I, I don't get it. I don't know. I wasn't even aware that shrimping was a particular thing. I guess that I thought that it kind of, you just trawled for general fish when you go and do this. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't like this guy. <laughs> well, uh, he wears these shrimp boots everywhere. Uh, he went too fast last season and tired himself out. So, uh, having these shrimping boots are, is really, is really going to help him this time. They've also got great traction. It would have been so funny if he just like immediately failed <laughs> with these boots where he like insists that these are the key. Well, he made it through all the way through the tuning forks. Um, and, uh, Akbar says he's bringing that Bayou flavor to Dallas. Yeah, but we already had someone for that. We have Cajun Zeus. Yeah. Have you ever been to New Orleans? Yes, I have. How is it? It's uh it's pretty good. I liked it. Huh, seems like not a place you would like. Uh I mean, I didn't like how smelly it was. In mm. uh I stayed on um uh Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street. Um and they literally have to like wash down the streets every morning. Um because of the vomit, probably. Um, yeah, probably. And there's also like strip clubs everywhere, which is not really my scene. Right. Um, I just don't associate any of the things that I know about New Orleans with you, especially like the the dark magic, because you don't believe magic. in those. <laughs> um, I liked uh, I I liked the music that uh, mm-hmm. it was just like great music playing all over the place. Um, they had these great donut-like things that were tasty. The beignets. The food was just, yeah, the beignets. The food is just really, really good there. That's, uh, that matters a lot to me. Uh, so he goes down here at, uh, at Crank It Up. Next up, we have a montage starting with Thomas Stillings. Very surprised that they montage Thomas. They're usually a big fan of Stillings. Um, I saw someone wearing genie pants at the climbing gym the other day, and I wonder if they're catching on in the ninja community. Oh, my. Well, uh, he is the genie ninja. He took a shot at the mega wall, but did not make it. He does complete the course, however. Okay, good for him. Yes. Then we had Brittany Hanks, who made it to the city finals last year, and she broke down at the tuning forks. Yeah, she was the first woman to fail in the tuning forks, I think. Um, yes, she was. Okay, just something to note. Yeah. Um, so uh, so then we go to Barclay Stockett, the 23-year-old gymnastics coach. Um, she had a package about uh, how she had a big family. Um, she was homeschooled. Uh, and uh, everybody loves Barclay. Yeah, and she chopped her hair. I haven't noticed if this was uh, before or after Ninja vs. Ninja. I'll have to look at her in the next Ninja episode. Interesting. She used to have really long hair. I didn't notice. Um, Nastia Lucan is here to watch her. Who? <laughs> Nastia Lucan. She was her partner on the celebrity special, which I'm sure you've totally watched. Yeah. And she was an Olympic gymnast. There you go. Um... <laughs> She was really, she's really far back on the bouncing spider, um, you know, when she goes into the trampoline uh, and she almost doesn't get enough distance, but they do replay this like four times to, whoa, look at the hang time, um, which was interesting. And uh, she had, she had been worried about the tuning forks. She does trip there um, and ends up going into the water. Uh, just, she just off at that fourth step. Um, and then she's, uh, she's crying in the interview afterward she's so sad and i'm so sad 
But I pretty much at this point am convinced that she's definitely going to qualify because like, I don't know, they're showing a lot of this. Yeah. And, and it, like, uh, it's, it's at this moment that I'm like, oh, right. This is why Casey isn't running, even though she's there. <laughs> Was Barkley, uh, no, Barkley wasn't even, uh, five of five of the women. I think she was three or four. No, yeah, yeah. She was, uh, she was, uh, third. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe if Casey ran, maybe they could have both qualified. I'm sure they, I'm sure they could have, she could have qualified. I think it's just like the emotional stress of like having all the expectation oh. and. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. It's, it's so much pressure, especially like after you have a huge breakout year. Mm -hmm. Very weird pacing here where it's like, Oh, Barclay fell. She needs to wait and see if she qualifies. Oh, man. And then immediately they cut to a montage where Katie Haymaker and Kara Haymaker both go out at the bouncing spider where they both fall at the same time at the trampoline. And there you go, guys. Barclay's guaranteed a spot now. Uh, like, I didn't under, like, <laughs> why not just have have that happen? Like, why not just do those before Barclay and then have Barclay like, okay, good. We made it. Or like, wait until the end to give it a little more suspense. I just felt like awkward placing. Or at least show Christine telling her the news or something. Oh no. Except I guess she knows cause she's watching it. I don't know. I agree. It was weird. Yeah. It was just a little weird. Um, so, uh, so then we get, uh, another in the montage, Ven Johns, who's a bull rider and he is the fourth person to miss the mega wall and then didn't make it up the regular wall. So like, as we said, uh, a little bit embarrassing. Yeah. And we've made my feelings clear on bull riding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then we got Josh Salinas, uh, who also went for the mega wall and also didn't make it. Uh, however, he does get the fastest time of the night. It's weird that he's high profile enough that they had him like in the testimonial package for the kid, but then don't show his run. Yeah, it is. It is weird. I, <laughs> like well, they, they have the expectation that we know who he is because he's one of like the all stars talking about the kid. Yeah. I mean, he was a breakout rookie last year. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so then we get John Stewart, the 56 year old, uh, not old person. He's a professional, not old person, and yeah. he's going to break his own record again, which is so stupid. Yes. Uh, well, he recently opened a bakery. Yeah, with his daughter. And they're wearing the chef's hats, which no one has ever not looked funny in a, chef in a chef's hat. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, his nickname is The Rock Man. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I feel like uh, this this seems like something he's been trying to get into the show for a long time. And then finally, he just wore a shirt that said Rockman on the back. And they're like, now they have to call him all that. right, we'll tell we'll call you Rockman. But we want to call you old guy that's getting through the course. No, we want to call you not old guy. The ageless one. Is he the ageless one? Or is that no, Travis that's Rosen? Travis Rosen. OK, well, then that one was already taken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, uh, he was bound, he was, uh, knocked out by the bouncing spider last year. So when he makes it to the bouncing spider, Akbar is saying, get your revenge, homie, get your revenge. You think that's the first time John Stewart has ever been called homie? <laughs> Probably. I think it might be. Uh, he does make it through there. Uh, he looks like he's running out of steam there on the last crank it up, but he does make it through. He gets up the wall. He completes the course. He breaks his own record and he yells, I'm never getting old. 
Yeah. I want he and the kid to be on the same Ninja versus Ninja team next year. It's it's funny to me because like I feel like I often just have the assumption that the producers are pushing a certain storyline or thing right. with the with the athletes. So it it always surprises me when they are exactly what the producers are pushing. Yeah. So when he's yelling like I'm never getting old, I'm like, "Whoa, man, you so you're actually into this." Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that it might take a little while to accept. Like I feel like uh even like for you, I feel like the robot thing was not something that you organically came up with, but then you leaned into once it was ascribed to you. Um, I mean, I, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd ever like at the height of excitement be like, yes, equal rights for robots. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize that robot activist was really what you, uh, we're pushing. You clearly need to watch me play Detroit Become Human on Twitch. Oh, I love Detroit. How is is it becoming human? It's 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 about androids and and them getting equal rights in Detroit. Yeah, I feel like that's some loaded historical imagery, but that's, that's a, <laughs> it, it <laughs> right. is not subtle. Uh, oh, like great. the second uh-huh. scene of the game was the androids uh, in the back of the bus. Oh God. <sighs> All right. Uh, so then we have another montage, starting with Mike Murray, the oil field sales manager who missed the mega wall and completed the course. So he sells oil fields. He manages the sales of oil fields. That seems like a really specific job. How many people are in the market for oil fields? Uh, robots. <laughs> Okay, now you're leaning too hard into it. Uh, next up was Tyler Humphrey, an artist who completed the course. And then Matthew Day, a kinesiology student who was the seventh to try and fail the mega wall. But he did finish with the fastest time up until this point. Uh, and he is the second 19 year old here to complete the course. Mazel. Then we finish it off with Daniel Gill, the 24-year-old worship leader uh, who had uh, the package about uh, how the floods had, um, you know, destroyed his house and it trapped him there. We saw we got a little taste of this in Ninja vs. Ninja, um, but we see the, the full story here. Yeah, there's some of like literally the exact same footage and confessional. But then there's the additional twist of like they were trapped in Houston and didn't know if anyone was going to be able to rescue them. Yes. Um, Nice house, though. Not anymore. Well, if you can get a nice house once, (laughs) you can probably get get a nice house again. Yeah, maybe. Um, Especially with the uh, the ten thousand dollars. And uh, potentially $100,000 that he'll be making very soon. I don't think that I would put my money on Daniel Gill for the $100,000. I mean, he was he was second uh, in AWA. Yeah, one time. Who are we putting our money on? Are you putting it on Drew? I mean, it's got a, it's got a Drew and Joe are definitely the top contenders. No, yeah. oh, wait, is is Isaac competing this year or next year? I think next. Uh, oh, maybe Isaac is competing this year and Jeff is coming back next year. Maybe this is how they got them to come back. Oh, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, that was the other big news. I don't know if we've talked about that yet, that uh, we've heard that Isaac and Jeff are both coming back yes. in the next couple seasons. Isaac first and then Jeff. Yeah, I feel like I want to make like an off the board pick and feel and not totally off the board, but I feel like Ian Dory was is like at the top of his game. 
Indoor has definitely been close to being. I just feel like it's so hard to go based on last year because the wing nuts were so insane. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's definitely a, a whole contingent of people that are that are up there. Okay, in, I just want to make some some early predictions. <laughs> Maybe we'll make them at the end of qualifiers once we've seen everyone. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he goes on to the tuning forks. Akbar says he's skywalking. He's skywalking. What is he like a Star Wars fan? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, Akbar also says the hair is a little stronger, a little longer. They they're obsessed with this hair. Yeah, it's the only thing they ever talk about. Uh, he uh, he does make an attempt here at the mega wall, and he makes it up with the fastest time of the night. This is so momentous that Akbar is going to decide to take a photo with his cell phone. Yeah, I mean he has to capture the moment. Who yeah. knows when Daniel Gill will ever be on top of a warped wall again? But also, like, there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, but Akbar needs—he's doing it for the gram. <laughs> but which now you know all about. He can't even Instagram it because he needs to wait months can, before it airs. He can Instagram it now. He can do a TBT. That's that's so much work to put into social media. Um, social media is a thing that is worth putting work into, especially if you're a famous person. I guess so. Let I mean, me... what is Akbar filling his days with? He has time. Uh, I'm looking up Akbar Instagram. Uh, um, he the did picture not gram of, the photo yeah, of Daniel Gill. <laughs> it's not there. So that's what I'm saying. It's too much work. He probably forgot about it. Well, it, it listen, maybe it'll happen for a TBT that day. He's, uh, he's in Croatia right now. Are you, yeah, he, uh, no, he's in Montenegro. I want to go to Croatia. Why do you want to go to Croatia? Well, he says it right here. It's where they film Game of Thrones. Oh. <laughs> I, it's, I really did want to go to Croatia back when I still loved Game of Thrones. Now I only like it. Mm, sad. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he gets his, he gets his photo. Uh, Daniel Gill was the eighth person to try the mega wall. The first to make it up. First of many, I imagine. Um, and there you go. That's the episode. Yeah. How'd you feel about our premiere? Like I said, um, I, I feel spoiled by, uh, Ninja versus Ninja. I am not a fan of two hours. Uh, I never really have been. I am not a fan of like five minute long packages. Um, no matter how many songs are playing under them. Um, and, uh, but overall I, I, I felt it was all right. I, I mean, it, it wasn't the strongest premiere in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, like it's 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 American Ninja Warrior. Like it's 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 always good, um, but like uh, nothing really like jumped off the screen. Yeah, I think I'm really happy it's back just because with especially like the last year or two of Survivor and Big Brother and even the Amazing Race, like it can just be so frustrate and drag race too it can just be so frustrating because they can just kind of implement like rule changes or whatever to spice things up and then you're like no this isn't fair and like whatever they do with the mega wall like these twists whatever um it's gonna be the same you're, you're never gonna be like oh the winner of american ninja warrior is so unfair or like whoever did the best like it's always gonna be fair it's always gonna be fun it's always gonna be exactly what it is um, so I am relieved to tune into a reality show knowing exactly what to expect. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's, all, there's a level of consistency with American Ninja Warrior that is uh, definitely appreciated. Yeah, I don't know how this show could really jump the shark. Like, you either get bored of it or you don't. They could make it too easy. I don't think that they are in danger of doing that. Yeah, I'm just saying that's how they would do it. If they <laughs> oh, yeah. if, if they made it to like, oh, we need more winners of the show. Yeah, um, or just like the stunt casting gets completely out of control. Yeah, yeah. They like they don't invite their all stars. Yeah, instead um, they have more IndyCar people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so there you go. There's the episode. Um, the, the leaderboard at the end of it, uh, we got, uh, Daniel Gill, Matthew Day, Josh Salinas, Kid Awadi, Thomas Stillings, Jeremiah Morgan, Andrew Swinghammer, uh, which I was surprised to not see on the episode. Great name. Cause I'm sure Akbar had so much fun with that one. <laughs> um, Abel Gonzalez, Tyler Humphrey, uh, Kevin Jordan, Tremaine Dorch, Mike Murray, John Stewart, Ven Johns, Andrew Lowe's, um, who we didn't see, uh, Nate Burkhalter, Stephen Tucker, Chris Cambry, John Norton, Adam Stir, Dylan Lancaster, Victor Gonzalez, Lewis Moore, Eric Brown, Karen Wilton, Quest O'Neill, Karsten Williams, Brent Stephenson, Brian Burkhart, and Elliot Jolivetti. Or there we go. Um, and then uh, the five women, Karen and Quest, obviously, and then Barclay Stockett, Brittany Hanks, and Kat Ratcliffe. Hooray! Yes. And uh, almost almost half of the, uh, let's see, it was one, two, three, whoops, um, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen 10, 12, 13 people completed the course. Uh, only one failed at the Warped Wall. That was Ven Johns. And then most of the rest of them failed at Crank It Up. And then uh, four people made it who failed at the Tuning Forks. Where are we going next week? Do you know? Uh, to Jurassic World. Where is that Florida? I don't is know. that like Orlando? I'm I'm assuming that's like the uh LA one because it's like on the set of a thing. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think that's the universal film though, so I, it could be Orlando or LA. Well, it's going to be set in uh in the Jurassic World. Um and uh what's his name is gonna be there? Ew, Chris Pratt? Yes. Ugh, I hate him. It is in LA. Well, you hate, he, why do you hate Chris Pratt? Um, uh, let's just say political reasons and not get into details. Um, also, I just think that he is the worst Chris. He's the least hot. He's not funny. Like, he's funny on Parks and Rec. He's not funny in real life. And I have heard that he cheated on Anna Ferris, And I don't like that. Even though her podcast is bad and I don't really like love her either. But I like her in the house, Bunny. Great movie. <laughs> uh, well, how do you feel about Bryce Dallas Howard? <laughs> is she in Jurassic World? She's Yeah, she's going to be there. <laughs> That's such a random person. Um, I feel fine about Bryce Dallas Howard. I think that uh, I constantly get her mixed up with uh, Amy Adams and Isla Fisher and Jessica Chastain. But you know what? I'm happy for all four of them. Yes. For all their success. How do you feel about dinosaurs? Um, well, dinosaurs are birds and we hate and I hate birds. So not uh, all dinosaurs are birds. Yeah, but a lot of dinosaurs are birds. 
Dinosaurs are birds. That's like a thing. I went to an IMAX movie at the uh, Washington, D.C., the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History. I went to one of those like 3D educational movies one time when I was living in D.C. And uh, the topic was like, are dinosaurs lizards or birds? And the answer was like, yes. <laughs> that did not back you up at all. Dinosaurs are lizards and birds. Dinosaur, like dinosaurs are birds. They're also lizards. It's not like some dinosaurs are birds and some dinosaurs are lizards. It's like if you were to classify dinosaurs as either bird or lizard, you like can't because they are both. If they're both, aren't they neither? Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't make the movie. All right. Well, I'm glad we're getting our information from a movie that you saw at one time. Google it. Dinosaurs are birds. They came up on Trail Pursuit one time. Are dinosaurs birds? It's like a recent classification in like the last 20 years. They're like, actually, dinosaurs were birds. The present scientific consensus is that birds are a group of theropod dinosaurs that originated during the Mesozoic era. Uh, A close relationship between birds and dinosaurs was first proposed in the 19th century after the discovery of the primitive bird something or other in Germany. I feel like that backs me up. I feel like that's saying that birds uh, are a form of dinosaurs. I <laughs> There's a whole birds are not dinosaurs movement, which means that there must be a birds are dinosaurs movement. Yes, that's uh, people are saying that birds are dinosaurs, but dinosaurs are oh, not birds. Dinosaurs are not birds. OK, but like I'm not I'm like not super wrong. I mean, I feel like my initial uh, pushback was not all dinosaurs are birds. <laughs> but OK, yeah, you're right. But some dinosaurs are birds and birds are dinosaurs. OK, so when my original answer, I will amend to you asked, do I like dinosaurs? I said dinosaurs are birds. I'll flip it. Birds are dinosaurs. So, no, I don't like dinosaurs. I don't like birds. <laughs> what about the non-bird dinosaurs? I have never met one, so how would I know? I'm not going to make a sweeping generalization. You've never met Chris Pratt either. You don't know that. I do know that. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna make that stance. Uh, you are correct, but if I did, I know that we would not be friends. And I feel like if I'm not allowed to make calls about which celebrities I like or don't like, then I would not even want to live in this world. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying you can make that call. So you can also make the call about dinosaurs. Okay. Well, I probably, well, okay. I think it would depend on the dinosaur. Cause I do like lizards. I'm a big fan of reptiles. There you go. I think they're really neat. Are dinosaurs lizards? This one is also going to be like lizards are dinosaurs, but dinosaurs are dinosaurs. <laughs> Um, this one is not as easy. <laughs> yeah, see, it's a complicated cue. Uh, I'm I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess it's yeah, like uh, lizards are another a different form of dinosaur. Yeah, I think it's like dinosaurs are their own thing, and then lizards are dinosaurs, but also birds are dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are their own category of animals, mostly most closely related to uh, birds and crocodiles. They come from a group of reptiles called something or other. Lizards came from a distinctly related reptile group called something else. Yeah, dinosaurs most closely related to birds. That's oh, this is coming exactly from a, this I is said. coming from a YouTube video, though. Okay, well, maybe I made it. 
Well, how do you uh, dinosaurs feel about- are reptiles. Whatever. How do you feel about dinosaurs and Chris Pratt? Um, I don't really care about dinosaurs and I don't really care about Chris Pratt. But who's your favorite Chris? Who are the other Chris's? Chris Pine, Chris Evans, Chris Pratt, and um, someone is going to scream at me because I can't remember. Oh, Chris Hemsworth, my favorite one. Chris Evans was in Sunshine, so he's really good. Chris, Chris Pine is in Star Trek. Hemsworth is Thor, right? Yeah. Oh, man, Thor is really cool. Thor is better than Captain America, but Chris Evans has been in Danny Boyle movies, so that's a tough one. But Chris um, Hemsworth is Australian. Yeah, I don't care. And um, his brother is really hot. Chris Pine, I don't care about. And I'm going to I'm going to say uh Chris Pine is last cuz I like Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Normally people do this by hotness, but I appreciate you doing it by uh just what movies you like the oh, best. Well, if it's by hotness, then it's it's Hemsworth, Evans, Pines, Pratt, Pine Pratt. Oh my god, we're soulmates. That's my exact order too. <laughs> my feel, and I also like Chris Hemsworth the best as a person. I just don't know anything about Chris Pine or uh, Chris Evans as people. Um, my opinion is that none of them are hot, but Chris Hemsworth is the hottest Chris, even though he's not the hottest Hemsworth because his brother Liam, who's in the Hunger Games, is hotter than him. Well, uh, Thor is the strongest Avenger. Okay. I can't argue with that because I don't know who the other ones are. I know that uh, people don't like Hawkeye. Hawkeye's I think right. he's They think he's lame. Uh, Hawkeye's fine. Okay. See, <laughs> Hawkeye like used to be lame, but they made him cool. Just like everything to do with the Marvel movies. It always, it all, it all used to be lame, but now it's cool. I don't appreciate that Hawkeye exists because in the DC universe, there's a, a superhero named Hawk Girl, and she's great. I they, love her. They, they like all of these characters have like uh, like DC counterparts. <laughs> okay, but Hawk Girl is better than Hawkeye. I'm sure there's probably a Hawk Girl in uh, in uh, in Marvel too. Who knows? Um, I'm not on board with Liam hotter than Chris. It's. It's a little bit of a hot take. I don't I just prefer the the kind of darker features, the hair and eyes rather than uh, Chris Hemsworth's more Aryan look. Um, all right. You haven't seen The Hunger Games? I have. Um, oh, I've seen Gale. the first. He, was he in the first one? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think he was that attractive. Okay, well, I thought he was kind of uh, very like very vanilla vanilla. The, that is I think that Chris and every other Chris is much more vanilla than Liam. You know who you Liam need... is uh, engaged to Miley Cyrus and they are both <laughs> vegan. Congrats. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just trying to turn this into a celebrity gossip podcast. You need to you need to watch uh, Chris Hemsworth as Thor in either Ragnarok or Infinity War. And she was really hot in the all-female reboot of Ghostbusters. Is that the same? No, because he's not Thor. Okay, but like he was really good in that. He wore glasses and was really funny, which are the two hottest things that a man can do. He's like an angel pirate in Infinity War. Mm, I'm not a big pirate person. But angel pirate. I like them because they do crimes. Which is cool. 
All right. I think I think we've uh, we've lost all of our audience at this point. So um, <laughs> thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Armstrong Taren. Lita is at Lita tweeted. Um, you can also follow Lita on Instagram at Lita Grammed. Um, you can also follow Taren on Instagram. Yeah, but I still haven't posted anything and I don't know if at I ever will. Um, dot Armstrong, right? No, underscore. underscore. <laughs> uh, you can subscribe to this podcast the American, uh, American Ninja Warrior Rehap Up on iTunes uh, or you can subscribe to the Reality TV Rehap Ups uh, to get this and all of the Big Brother coverage that we do or at least Big Brother Canada coverage that we do or uh, all, all of the shows all of the shows are on there including the Taryn Show um, which you can find on there uh, so plenty of good stuff there make sure you also check me out on Twitch been having a lot of fun there uh, I've got uh, I'm building a robot army on twitch is that your followers or is that the goal of this detroit game uh both okay yeah <laughs> um so having having a lot of fun on twitch uh thank you everyone for joining us we will see you next time <laughs> <laughs>